Hello, hello, and welcome to Free Talk with Mr. B. I'm so glad that we're all here. We wrapped up season one with a blast and published the albums, the music of Free Talk with Mr. B. It's on all streaming services by Indy Niles of Important Jogger. Why don't you come join me, join me right now as we kick off season two, episode one, entitled Let Butterflies Have Their Effects with author Cornell Thomas. Yes, let's listen in. Listen in right here on Free Talk. Free Talk with Mr. B. You're listening to Free Talk with Mr. B. Good evening and welcome to Free Talk with Mr. B. How are you, Cornell? I'm doing well. Thank you, my brother. And we're here in downtown Dubai in this exquisite uh, financial district. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> when did you come in? When did you come in? I got here Tuesday morning after a 14-hour flight, and I still don't know what day it is, actually. So <laughs> <laughs> I just got it on Tuesday, but it's, it's been a beautiful time here. Okay, very nice. Yeah. And it was kind of my experience when I came here for the first time. I saw all the lights yes. and nothing else mattered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's me like when I, when I land somewhere, I know that I'm connected with amazing people. So when I, as soon as I go on a plane, I know what the end result is. As soon as I landed, you know, I, my friend, my other friend Maria picked me up, and then this Maria, I connected with her, and I knew meeting you and William and everybody today, it was just, it's just been amazing. Oh, very nice. Our audiences around the world want to know who are you. Yeah. I mean, you, you have a lot of hats you wear, yeah. and today you have an ordinary people hat yeah. based, <laughs> based on my podcast. Yeah, that's a beautiful question. So. Uh, the very simple answer is I'm the son of Bobby and Tina Thomas, and that means a lot to me. A lot of times when you meet someone, especially when you're networking, they ask you, what do you do? And they never ask you who you are, right? So I love finding out who people are. When I first right. met you and you told me that, you know, you're going to be speaking, you'll be on the speaking circuit, that stayed with me. Oh, thank you. Because that's part of who you are, that's part <laughs> of your purpose. So when I was growing up, I really just really didn't have a desire to be anything. I didn't know that things were possible. Uh, my bro I was known as so-and-so's little brother. Thank you. And when you grow up as so-and-so's little brother, you don't really have identity of your own. So it wasn't until I uh, started playing basketball at 16 years old where I started to finally have some type of identity, which I thought was an identity. And I was a very hard worker because my mom, Tina Thomas, she you know, worked five, three jobs since I was little. She raised five kids with no money. So. Uh, just being amongst that greatness and seeing a single black mother raise five kids with no money and never put her head in her hands and give up and always be about the solution, not the problem. That really shaped how I am the man I am today. Oh, very nice. And my biggest problem growing up was being a terrible basketball player. <laughs> that was like my biggest mm -hmm. problem growing up because the reason I wanted to play was to help my mom not struggle. Okay. Uh, you know, interesting because I listened to one of your talks mm -hmm. and you mentioned when you came out of high school you felt like you didn't have anything underneath your picture to sure. say what you're going to be sure. and it, 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 it kind of hit me also. I'll yeah. tell you what I, I wrote. Mm -hmm. I wrote under there statistician. Of 
course, I had no idea what a statistician was, mm -hmm. but I wanted to get the biggest <laughs> word I can find yeah. and write that underneath yeah. my picture. Yeah. So at some point you said you probably wish you had gone back and put something under your picture. Yeah. No, for me, every, I, f I believe in the butterfly effect. Any, like when people say, like, if you can go back and tell yourself something, I don't know if I'd say anything. Because if I say something, it might change the course of what I went through. <laughs> the course of what I went through was brought me to Dubai today. Ryan, so and I, I watched just, that movie, mind you. Yeah, but, but, like, yeah, so it's like, for me, it's just like, all that struggle, in the beginning, all the struggle, even up until now, it's, it's, there's a means to it, right? There's a reason for it. And I feel like God directs you. And even when you're in that storm, you don't realize where the direction is. Yeah. As soon as the clouds clear a little bit, you start to see a clearer path, like, okay, I'm supposed to go that way. So that's where I'm at right now. And think about, I'm a kid from New Jersey, I'm a kid from Passaic, New Jersey, and I'm in Dubai for the second time, meeting, you know, sitting here in this beautiful podcast and talking to people up here. So like, how did that happen? It's not because I'm just so great. That's because there's something that's designed for me. There's a purpose <laughs> for my life. You know the feeling. And again, during that talk, I think I remember you said you um, were from New Jersey, but you went to school in the Northwest. North, yeah, in Midwest. I was in, I was in North Dakota. Okay. So North Dakota. Is that considered Northwest or Midwest? Midwest. Midwest. Oh, okay. Yeah, I went from from New Jersey, which is pretty pretty diverse, to North Dakota. That wasn't there wasn't a lot of diversity there. And so it was a culture shock for me. But again, it's like that being able to adapt to the situation. And I think that's one thing that my mom really is just great at, is adapting to the new situation, wherever that situation was. So right. my goal was on basketball in school. So it didn't matter where I was. You could have put me anywhere. As long as there's a basketball court and I can get my schoolwork, then I was, <laughs> I'd be good to go. And so what age did you start playing basketball? 16. I started really late. Okay, but that's interesting because I know I listened to um, your some of your story mm -hmm. before coming on to this podcast, and you spoke about um, that you started giving back at a very early age. Yeah. You know, Free Talk with Mr. B is a platform for global giving back, mm. and the, the twist is um, we don't have anything tangible to give, yeah. but we thought that our accumulated experiences and accumulated wisdom can be a wealth of information that we can give the world. Yeah. So what was going on in fifth grade, sixth grade, I think I heard, yeah. that you were able to give back? Well, my sister, my little sister, Alicia, she's two years younger than me. Okay. And around that time, I started to realize, like, I should probably take care of this, this little person under me. Because uh -huh. my brothers always looked out for me. You know, they, nice, they're the nice. ones that beat you up, but they're also the ones that don't let anybody else beat What you number up. are you in? in the I'm the fourth out of five okay, kids. The fourth. Okay. So I have a bunch of older brothers, and my father had three kids before, he met my mom, so I have, yeah. you know, two other brothers and another sister. They're <laughs> wow, all older, okay, wow. right? So I just felt that I had to take care of my sister. I felt that, you know, she needed, she needed guidance or someone to talk to while we were little, that I'll be there. So that's when I think the giving started. Yeah. But it's really because of my mom. My mom has just always been a giver. She's always wanted to help nice, people. Nice. And it's interesting because we don't always know where it ricochets, mm -hmm. where it feeds off. Mm -hmm. And all this time you were accumulating all this giving behavior. Yeah. Then you started practicing it in sixth grade. Mm -hmm. and, but basketball started at 16. Basketball is an awesome giving sport. Yes. I mean, I can't play basketball to save my <laughs> life, but I can watch and tell. Yeah, yeah. There was a movie that made us have to give the ball up. Mm. You know, now, did they bring that up in your basketball discussions? Why yeah. do you give up the ball? Well, you give the ball, a lot of times you give the ball up so you can get it back later. Uh, oh, right? wait, 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 oh gosh, you're just teasing me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's like life. Yeah, that's life. <laughs> so when you give it back, you're not really sure when it's going to hit you again. 
but you have to trust that it is. Basketball, it's the communication, verbal and nonverbal, is beautiful. I can go right now to a country where I don't speak the language on a basketball court, and the other four guys will understand each other. Uh-huh. Right? I'll know when to cut. Like, just by eye movement, just by them doing this, I know that means they're going to throw the ball in the air. So that's the beauty of basketball. I didn't know until I started coaching how important it was to be in tune with the other four people there. When I got the ball, when I started getting better, I was like, oh, it's the Cornell show. I gotta, I gotta get loose, right? And then I started realizing when I was coaching, like as you're getting loose, there's four other people looking at you like, Ryan. this is a team sport. <laughs> so it's, it, and I, I brought up, you know, the word Ubuntu today. And you know, I am because we are. I started using that with my teams because I want to teach kids that if one of us is doing bad, all of us are doing bad. Yeah, like yes. we, gotta, we gotta take care of each other. Right, so that's, I just think basketball is such a beautiful sport. My yeah. kids my kids are seven and five, and I don't force them or push them at anything. I just open ideas to them. And for with basketball, I would love for them to just open that idea just so they can get used to that teamwork and that camaraderie and understanding that there are gonna be days yeah. where you're gonna be horrible and your team's still gonna win and you should be happy for your teammates because it's not about you. Yeah. And again, so you're teaching those kids about how to give back right yeah. now. Um, my grandsons are mm-hmm. 14 and 10, mm-hmm. and so those, they, that's areas too where from 5 and 7 to those ages yeah. is where everything is learned yeah. and then carry on through life. And so the idea of teaching your kids to give back right now and the spirit, I mean basketball could be a podcast forever yeah, for sure. all to itself. For sure. But the, the analogy towards life, towards collaboration, mm-hmm. towards partners mm-hmm. says you pass the ball, give, yep. give back yeah. because you're going to get back from three, four other people. Yeah. I had a um, uh, collabinar recently and someone okay. asked me about podcasting. I was like, oh yeah, I want everybody to, to podcast mm-hmm. because it gets the whole world talking. And it's not like a saturated market, it's not a competitive market. Yeah. The idea is to keep giving back. Yeah. And I'm gonna bring up that word a lot. Yeah. <laughs> keep giving back so we can get back. And, and I didn't get that word you used. What was it again? Umbutu. Umbutu. Yeah, okay. I have a shirt upstairs that says Umbutu. <laughs> Wait, what country was that from? South Africa, I believe. Okay. So was it from the Kosa tribe or the Zulu? I'm not sure. Well, See, that, now good. you're going above my paper. <laughs> now I'm about to ask the sisters at the table. Right, right? right. But uh, I know it's from South Africa. Okay. I heard it from Doc Rivers, who's a famous NBA coach. I and see, he, I he, see. he incorporated it into his championship teams. And I said, man, this is such a beautiful word. I'd like to find out some deeper meaning because I know we always use the term, it takes a village to raise a child or everyone come together. And in our corporate world, yeah. we always say everyone crosses the finish line together. Yeah. And so the whole idea is everywhere. It's yeah. just a matter of if I make sure I have that meaning because the village raising everyone means everyone is successful. Yeah, and when you talk about corporations, you have to understand corporate culture, right? So in America, it's a very Eurocentric way of thinking, which is I have to get ahead your competition. <laughs> I'm going to step on your shoulders to get up, mm-hmm. right? An Afrocentric way of thinking is, no, I'm a Sherpa. I'm going to bring you along the mountain with me. Right, it's a big right, difference, right? right? So you go to corporate culture, there's people that are saying, oh my gosh, it's all about together. It's all about together. But yeah, it really isn't. Like when I talk to corporations, I'm like, y'all ain't, y'all ain't a team. Like you guys are just a bunch of individuals, right? Like we used to say in basketball, five fingers make a fist. So these fingers are all weak until you make a fist. Right, so if right. you're really together, you'll understand that every single finger is important. So they want to get there, but the culture of America does not let them get there. Not in all places. Have you seen some of the other cultures as you travel doing yeah. your, your shows? 
Yeah, I mean, I've seen some amazing corporations in America that have good culture, but it's, it's very few and far between because culture is something that you have to enforce every single day. If you take a break from your culture, it's gonna snap. So think about being a parent, right? You're a parent and you, the rule is this, here's our non-negotiable kids, you gotta be nice to each other. And then one day your son hits your daughter, your daughter hits your son, and you just say, oh, I'm too tired to call that. And then the next day it happens, the next day, then you're mad at your kids for hitting each other, but you let it go, <laughs> right. right? So it's exhausting, but if you want a good culture, then you have to enforce it. Like with basketball, our non-negotiables were be on time, love each other, work hard. Sounds like my behavior that I didn't play basketball. Yeah. I just wanted to get ahead in the corporate yeah. world. <laughs> but that's a non-negotiable. So right. if you break that, even if you're my All-American, you're the best player on the team, I'm going to sit you. You're not yeah. going to play. But that's the same thing for the giving back too, because they have to pass the ball mm -hmm. in order to be not be benched. Is that well, correct? Yeah, some teams, but again, with the culture, culture right? Yeah. Some teams, the coaches are like, they're in love with their superstars. Uh -huh. So they let the superstars do whatever they want, and there's rules for this person and rules for this person. That's not culture, right? Okay. That's, that's a broken culture. That's like, okay, that's two separate rules. I have one rule set. I had a kid that was our All-American. I sat him in a very important game because he was five minutes late to practice. Did we lose that game? Yes. But he, did he, we get a life lesson? Yes. And did the people that aren't as good as him realize, I'll sit anybody. Another yes. form of giving back. Yeah. Another form, because if yeah. he got that lesson, and it's a life lesson, mm -hmm. you gave back, I mean, it was expensive for the rest of the team, yeah. but maybe they got the, the message too, because yeah. both ends of the spectrum benefits from the lesson, for sure. if it's caught on. For right, sure, right, right. 100%. Wow, wow, wow. very yeah. good. Thank and so those are the things I like, and those are the things we want to be able to give back in our, our podcast, and we come to these um, platforms. Uh, your school, mm. which, one, which one was the most significant for you? Which one? Out of my schooling? Yeah, because you value different yeah. ones. I mean, yeah, kindergarten could have been a value more than the other ones. You never that's know. A, that's a great, that's a very good question. I would say my college was the most important just because it was the, the most I was outside of my comfort zone in one place. Okay. Being in North Dakota and, and being so away, far away from New Jersey, I'm a five and a half, six hour flight away from my mom for the first time ever. That was the most important because when you go to college, it's you. Like, you better know how to wash your clothes. You better know how to make a dollar work, right? You, like, yes, you better yes, know yeah. how to do these things. And it wasn't the best four years of my life. And when people say that, it's like the most ridiculous thing in the world. The best four years of my life isn't me taking tests, right? And having a roommate. <laughs> the best four years of my life is like, hopefully it's like coming. But when I was in college, I just had to do everything myself. Yeah. So if I wanted to get an internship, I had to figure out who I had to talk to to get an internship. My last semester of college, I took 24 credits. I had two internships and I was playing basketball. I had to get waivers for four classes to take those classes. So it's like, it's all about so, like individual responsibility and self-discipline, right? So that's what I loved about college. I didn't love the test and all the other stuff. And, I was, and it was not really a trick question, but I was yeah. trying to lead you somewhere too. Yeah. If today, because mm -hmm. now we always say, if we knew then what we knew now, how different it would have been. But you know, the principle of the butterfly effect doesn't allow you to think that way. <laughs> no, I mean, I might not have went to college. Right? So like, if I know what I'm now as an entrepreneur, uh -huh. I'd be like, right. peace college. I mean, college was free for me because of basketball. Yes, yes. So I mean, the, my love for basketball is the only thing that kind of got me to college. I was a very good student in college, but the, my love, I, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna keep it real true. Yeah. It was basketball and then college. And so regardless, they invited you back anyway, and knowing you, you accepted. Yes. And when you went, you were the keynote speaker 
and you wanted to leave something fundamental with them, another lifelong lesson with that entire class, what would you tell them? What would you tell yeah. them? I would tell them the, one of the hardest things in life is to not worry about what people think. It's one of the hardest things in life. And you can, you can act like you don't care and all these other things, but let one person say something on your Instagram and I like your picture and people get butt hurt. So I would just say, never let anyone's negative words stop your positive actions. If you're doing positive things in the world, it doesn't matter what other people say, right? Because you're guided, you're doing what you're supposed to do on this earth. Don't let people slow you down. We call it buddy running in basketball. I used to line my guys up and say, okay, we're gonna sprint. And then you'd have the guys that take off. Then you have the guys in the back that are always in the back. Then you have this group in the middle that will pace with each other. And nobody would wanna go ahead. This is what we do in life. Your homegirl or your homeboy, they're, they're not about nothing. So you start being about nothing. So you end up adopting these anchors instead of sales. I'm sprinting. Catch me. Like, I, I'm sprinting. I don't care. If you don't want to come with me, I'm out. Right? So <laughs> I talk about this and it's like, not to be harsh, but how much time do you think you have? Like, that's the thing that always resonates in my mind. Like, how much time do you think you have? Right? I don't have time to be carrying everybody. Because that's I'm carrying every. It's like if you're on a boat and people start putting holes in the ship, and you're trying to cover them with your hands and your feet. No, just jump off and get to another boat. <laughs> right. Right. Let them. They're gonna drown themselves. Like don't drown with them. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, and some people might think you're presumptuous when you're saying that. Like if you're saying, "Well, I would have to carry you if you didn't come," but the saying you, you don't have the power, the time, the energy to carry everyone yeah. is still another life's lesson. And would you say then you you lead by example? You have to. And that example is get going. When you sprint, there's an increased chance in our competitive natures, others are going to sprint also. Yeah. And like I came back here during the pandemic in October, I started mm -hmm. podcasting mm -hmm. and I haven't stopped. I published one episode a week and I, I had like 23, 24 episodes up mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm not planning to stop because my next season's episode half way is complete. Mm -hmm. And so if someone else wants a podcast, I'm setting that example too. Yep. Get your business together and get going. So I love those life lessons. Mm -hmm. And yes, if you tell your graduating class, that yep. would be a good lesson. That would be some good giving back. They don't, they don't hear it, right? So like oh, at people, least you told it. At least yeah, you but told people, it. People are like, you know, work hard. Okay. Yeah, of course <laughs> I'm supposed to work hard, right? But you need to get into people's mindset. Like what's going on in here? You know how many kids all over the country don't believe in themselves, don't have confidence right. because systemically they're told that they're supposed to be these two or three things. I go to inner city schools and these kids are told you're going to either shoot a basketball, shoot a gun, right, or rap. Mm -hmm. And then I go 10 minutes down the road and these kids have 6 million opportunities. That's crazy. The first thing I say in front of the teachers and the principal is you guys are being lied to. That's the first thing I say. <laughs> and they're like... And the principal's like, and the teacher's like, I'm like, this is what you're being told, it's not true. I come from the same background, I come from the inner city. My father passed when I was four, my mom raised five of us. I'm not making any excuses, right? What happens, yeah, okay, but you can't be a victim of the circumstance. Right, right? right. Like, what are we gonna do? Like, I always get to what are we gonna do now? You can march, you can do whatever you want, you can break dance. What are we gonna do now? Right, right. Right. So like I I look at things differently and because I just don't care what people think, like legit don't care, this is the stuff that I talk about. Like I don't just follow the yeah. sheep.
wherever they're going. And the reason, like you said, your experience makes you talk about it. I have some experience where I run into other cultures that their parents are absolutely insistent they're going to be a doctor or a lawyer, mm -hmm. and they fail at it because they says we're an artist. How in the world can I be a doctor or a lawyer when I'm an artist? Yeah. And so they run into the same kind of, and I, I know the, the mindset you're yeah. expressing, and I see the other side also. Um, as far as the, the push to, to be something that someone does not want yeah. to be. And in the case you're speaking about inner city kids who does not have the opportunity to be. And so, yeah, these, these are all discussions that we're talking. So keep doing that when you go into your schools. Keep, yeah. keep saying that because it's a form of giving back. And there's so many ways of giving back. We won't even try to because we'll have a lot of podcasts. We'll be here for a minute. We'll be here for <laughs> yes, for sure. or even longer. Yeah. Um, there are a lot, a lot of subjects in your mindset. Mm -hmm. There's a, a lot of things you can talk about. And my question from Free Talk with Mr. B is, would you come back on and join us one day? Mr. B, you have to understand something. <laughs> we are not family. It's not even a question. Thank you. Thank we're not, you. We're, we're not family. You need me, you just hit me up. And <laughs> I'm like, when I, people say like, I'm about that life. I'm really about that life. When you need me, just hit yeah. me up and I'll be on your podcast. It's not even a question. And so that's what I told all my guests because it's, it's, we let them know that the podcasts are free. They go online free. We, yeah. we put them on social media so someone on the other side of the world can benefit from something you said on this side of the mm. world. And, and that's what I'm encouraging. It's a form of giving back. And I know there are some people who need funding. I know there are some people who need financing. I know some people who need draft plans. Mm -hmm. But sometimes a little bit of encouragement can go a long way. And I really, really appreciate you coming on. The free talk of Mr. B. Well, thanks for having me. Just keep being a lighthouse. Keep doing what you do, and it's gonna just organically continue to grow and spread. Thank you. I really appreciate that, and, and look forward to having you on again. Thank you. Wow. All I can say is wow. Thank you, Cornell, for coming on our program, and for reminding us that life has to take its effects and the way it flows. I'd like us all to continue this conversation. Join us on our Instagram, see us on YouTube, follow us and add your comments, subscribe and share if you like. This is Mr. B. Thank you so much on Free Talk. Free Talk with Mr. B.